How do you do, neighbor? It's Bree and Spirits time once again. The boys have gathered around, and they're ready for you. So join in, make comments, and study with the guys as they try to study as the Bereans did in Acts chapter 17. Now, here's the guys. Welcome back to another episode of Berean Spirits. My name is Chris Peltz. I'm the evangelist with the Southside Church of Christ. And we have joining us today, as always, Mr. Richard Dodson with the Kearney Church of Christ up in Kearney, Missouri. Richard, I bet you're busy posting links. Yes, I am. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, how are you? Good. Yeah. Hanging in there, man. I'm, I'm hanging out. I'm, man, I'm loving it. This weather's been just phenomenal for. Oh know. yeah. Yeah. The weather has been just fantastic. Can't Absolutely. even, uh, I can't imagine it getting any better. I know. <laughs> I can. I hear that. Man. You know, my poor son's in Wichita and it's been, uh, the, the ex, you know, 106 degrees was the actual temperature. Woo. And uh, I told him last night, I said, yeah, we, we banished you to hell is what it's starting to look like. 106 oh. degrees with this humidity is pretty bad. Yeah. 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 I, I talked to some folks down in Texas that uh, they, you know, I think at like 11 o'clock at night or midnight or so they've, they've gotten down to 98 degrees. So <laughs> a balmy 98. I know it. I know it. We got Josh Thornhill over in Johnson City, Tennessee with the Brookmead Church of Christ. Josh, how you doing, man? I am doing good. Even though yeah. I'm here with Richard, I am good. I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, we've had a little bit of feedback come in. Um, some folks that listen and uh, they just, uh, they they appreciate the, the work and the uh, conversation that we have, the studies that we have. We appreciate everybody who tunes in and listens. Be sure and share the the live stream out on all your social media. Let folks know that not only you're listening, but uh, invite them to come and listen as well. And of course, during the discussion that we're going to be having, you can always make a comment, ask a question, and uh, we'll do our best to kind of go through those as we go through the program as well. Uh, you guys, we're gonna we're gonna talk about criticism, uh, both giving and receiving criticism and you know probably giving criticism is a whole lot easier than taking criticism uh because we it's easy to be critical of others around us and and uh we it, you know we always see the mistakes of others um that's why you know Josh always gives Richard a hard time and vice versa again yeah <laughs> so that's the easy part right i mean isn't, isn't that uh yeah, are are we supposed to be critical of one another? Isn't that the way it's supposed to go, guys? Um, uh, <laughs> um. Yeah, not exactly, right? I mean, not not that's. <laughs> I'm I'm busy right now posting links. Yeah, no, you're good. You're yeah. good. So, no, so we can I'm say actually, all kinds of things, and Richard won't know what's happening. I, that yeah. that was actually my excuse not to answer the question. Yeah, no. oh, I gotcha. Does he ever yeah. know what's happening? Right. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, Richard's, Richard's distra- you know, we can be critical of Richard right now. He's, you know, he gets distracted easily. Um, you know, doesn't, you know, he's, he's great at hearing, but terrible at listening. I'm great at hearing, but terrible at listening. I'm not good at hearing. I need hearing aids. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. I mean, I guess with your age, that's one of those things that happens. No, they, they told me that you didn't know that I never tell you that, that no, I don't guess so. Oh yeah. Doctor said, Hey, you need to get hearing it. My wife says that too, but I can't watch TV without the words coming up. You know, I have to, I have to have that either that or turn the volume up full blast. You don't need hearing aids until you can't hear them tell you, you need hearing aids. <laughs> no, not according to my wife. <laughs> Well, if you're still hearing her. It would better. help if it would help. You know, if she would just look at me when she's talking instead of mumbling while looking at something else. You know, I can't. I, you know, I keep telling her, if you're going to talk to me, you got to look at me. You know, what what a great 
opportunity here, right? Yeah, I mean, so we're, we're always looking for examples for what we talk about. Yeah. And we're talking uh-huh. about being critical, offering criticism. And I always provide it, it seems like. I'm, it's always a me yeah. who jumps in here. But but one of the, <laughs> the, the problem is, you know, we're not the ones you need to be talking to about this right now. <laughs> I just ignore her. Oh, man. I, you know, I'm fine. She just needs to look at me when I'm talking, you know, when she's talking to me and I'll, I'll understand perfectly what she has to say. Yeah. But, uh, pretty soon we're going to have a couch in Richard's office so he can lay down and he can just let everything go. Yeah. (laughs) How do you feel about that? I know. (laughs) Well, if we're going to start, let's start right now. Yeah. Yeah. Richard. So, uh, so go ahead. uh, Tell us more about your wife. Yeah. Uh, well, that is that is a pet peeve of mine. I mean, I just people need to look at me when they're talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, why wouldn't you do that anyway? Well, I mean, I was always taught look somebody in in the face when you talk to them for sure. Uh, but you're right; it does make a difference because uh, even when someone turns around or like if I'm having a sighted guide who's guiding me through a store and they're they try to talk or tell me about something. I can't hear them if if they're not facing me. It it is difficult. Uh, now, okay, and look at it, and you're blind. Yeah, and, and you got probably the best hearing that I've ever been around. So, it it it's difficult when they're not when they're not facing you. Yes, it it really is. I get that for sure. So, um, and so which we- just goes to the point: if you're going to be critical of someone, right? If you're going to offer them criticism, first of all, look at them. Oh, walk in their shoes. True. You know, if I can add to that, no. I've heard I've heard it said before that before you criticize someone, um, you should walk a mile in their shoes. So that way, when you criticize them, you're a mile away and you have their shoes. That's right. <laughs> oh man, that's great. You know, the the whole the whole point. Uh, really, and and we're going to get to, I think, Matthew chapter 7. Most people look at this as judging, as, you know, judgments. A lot of times, it I think criticism falls into this very same text of Matthew 7, 1 through 5. Um, you know, first of all, when we're, when we offer criticism, first of all, I think we need to make sure that, um, our heart is in the right place, right? We we've examined ourselves. We're going to them. Um, we're going to go to someone and do so with a spirit of encouragement and trying to to help and with a view of eternity. Those are those are some of the most important things I think before we ever go to someone to make sure that that is our goal and our motivation. Right. First, it, it's first not Corinthians 13. Yes. I mean, first yeah. Corinthians 13, when it talks about love, it talks about, you know, our attitude towards others. Um, you know, sometimes, sometimes the criticisms we have, it, we just need to keep them to ourselves. You know, I, I think that's a point also, they're not always necessary. Sometimes there's personal preference involved. We may like something to be done a certain way, that others, you know, like it to be done another way. And it's just not even necessary to, to say, to speak. And it doesn't do anything other than put out, you know, your personal preferences rather than help them in some way to better themselves or the situation that they may find themselves in. And sometimes we got to think about that. What What is the purpose of this criticism that we're going to be offering? And is it going to be helpful in the long run, or is it just merely, um, we think we got a better way of doing it. Yeah. I, I think a lot of that depends on the person. If it's a wife or a husband, then, you know, some of that is just learning to live with each other and finding out what irritates the other person. Yeah. And, and so, you know, you don't, it's, it's, it shouldn't be a big deal. I mean, it's, you might get a little irritated, but I mean, that's just part of living with somebody. And that's the same with really good friends. You know, I mean, you should, if you have a really good friend, 
then you should be able to tell them what you like and don't like about them. And they should be able to say the same thing to you without any risk of hurting that relationship. Because, you know, you, you've established a friendship. You, and, and so those things, I don't think they really pertain. What we're really talking about those, there's a lot of people that we deal with trying to convert people to Christ and also people even in the church that we don't have that same type of relationship with. Yeah. And, uh, and that's where I think, you know, we need to um, practice a little bit more of a decorum. You know, you, you can't treat everybody the same way you treat your kids or your wife or, or even your best friend. Uh, and that's, that's where I think it, it, it comes into play. I mean, I can sit there and say something about my, like my thing about my wife saying what I was saying earlier about looking at me when you're talking. Yeah, that's gonna, if she heard me say that, that'd get her irritated, but I guarantee you, I can promise you not one time did it enter her mind. I didn't love her. Not one time. And, and the same thing, you know, with me. And, and, and good friends are that way too. Good friends know that, Hey, we're just good friends. I mean, you know, we, we say anything, but, uh, it's, you don't have that same level of confidence in a relationship with everybody. And that's where, you know, you have to really be careful. I, it'd be nice if we did, but we don't. And so because of that, we're, we're going to have to, uh, kind of put our best foot forward. Yeah. Yeah. And I will be sending her the uh, link to this show, by the way. Oh, she's heard it plenty of times. I mean, as far <laughs> as what I said, she, she knows. It's one thing. Oh. Yeah. But it's one thing to say it to her, but then just to announce oh, it to the world. Yeah, she's heard me say it to other people too. <laughs> she's she'll just shake her head. She'll, she'll ignore me. Don't, don't worry about that. It's like Michelle. Michelle has ways of getting even with you without you knowing it. Well, my wife does the same thing. So yeah. Michelle, well, one Josh, time, Michelle one time told uh, my wife that when she gets mad at Chris, she just rearranges things. <laughs> and right. him being blind, can't find it. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah. yeah. Well, could Josh, go ahead and chime in here, brother. You know, I think uh, one of the distinctions that we can remember, you know, before we, we go and try and talk to somebody, I think we need to ask ourselves, you know, is this something that's wrong? You know, is this sinful? And if it is, then we need to approach it from that standpoint. Obviously, all the the things that have been said already still apply. Need to do so in a loving manner. Need to do so with their best interest at heart. Uh, but sometimes, I think we might offer criticism when criticism really is not needed. Mm -hmm. you know, if somebody just irritated me with something they said or did. I just need to let that go. You know, more often than not, I just need to let that go. And we're going to get to the receiving of criticism for sure. But sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, if let's, let, I don't know, but, the, you know, there's a lot of cases where, you know, we're going to rub people the wrong way or they're going to say something that, you know, we just didn't like or, you know, wrong place, wrong time kind of thing. And in most cases, we just need to let that go. We just need to, to move forward, just give them the benefit of that. They didn't mean it that way. I'm just going to uh, move on as if they never said that, you know, just get over it kind of thing and not make a big federal issue out of it. I think sometimes we do want to make federal issues out of the tiny stuff and, and you know, going to them, it's really just petty. Uh, you know, you looked at me funny yesterday. Um. Or Chris hasn't looked once at me while he's talking today. You know, I'm, I'm rather offended. <laughs> but anyway, I, I think we need to, to step back and think, do I really need to go to somebody with this? Um, and if there is something that's ongoing, let, let's say uh, there's a brother who's, you know, doing something in worship that's just really distracting to you. And it just keeps going on and on and on. Maybe gently going to them and said, "Hey, you know, this is uh, th this has kind of been a distraction to me, and it's kind of hard for me to focus during my worship." Maybe then uh, that would be a a time to to, to go to somebody. But 
unless it's sin and unless their soul is in jeopardy, a lot of times I think we can just uh, fix our own hearts and not really cause a stir about things. I just think sometimes we have to, we feel like we have to say something in every little given thing uh, when most of the times, if we just move forward on our own, you know, that can all just be be ignored and not doesn't need to be dealt with kind of thing. You know, if you have to start off a conversation with no offense, but, <laughs> you know, yeah, maybe you need to. That, uh, saying no offense excuses any offense you might. Yeah. <laughs> That's, it's like what you're about to say is offensive. <laughs> and I know that's not always the case, but still, I, I think you're right. I think sometimes we need to, you know, is this really something that's necessary to bring up and and to, to speak, talk about? Um, you know, if we've been annoyed by something, is it is it something that is so terrible, so bad, or something we need to just let go? We, we just need to, you know, realize there's some personality differences and um and deal with it live with it ourselves and and not uh risk you know um a a relationship or uh the opportunity for uh future encouragement especially when you're dealing with such a sensitive society that we live in today you know we have such thin-skinned people around us for the most part that you know every little thing someone finds you know reason to leave or run away or um you know uh to use that as an excuse you know to to turn away from the lord and and that's unfortunate that's that's uh, that's not a, a good and or healthy way to go about it and so sometimes we have to be extremely careful and and even when there is sin involved when something needs to be said, has to be said and dealt with, and, and sometimes in the most loving and and caring and just you know delicate way that we possibly can, sometimes it doesn't matter, right? Uh, which which kind of gets into the the uh, idea of receiving criticism, and I think that's probably where we we really should spend most of our time um, because. You know, there there are rough and gruff personalities. There are ex- extremely sensitive personalities. Ultimately, we have to answer for ourselves, and we have to take into consideration, you know, when we are being given criticism, how we're going to take it, how we're going to receive it, uh, because that's probably going to have the biggest impact on us personally. And can help us when we do find ourselves having to offer criticism, it, like you guys have said earlier, put ourselves in the shoes of others. And, and you know, how would we receive this? How would we take this and uh, and then, uh, you know, and then move forward? You know, I, I, I couldn't help but think of Romans 14 because, you know, in that passage where a man has a liberty to partake in something, but because of it might offend a, a weaker Christian uh, on a particular topic, he was willing to forego his liberties in order to be able to edify. And uh, I think a lot of that comes into play with our relationships at church. You know, we need to, you, you may be, you know, the Lord puts all kinds of personalities in his church and that's, that's you know, that's part of his genius. And then within that, we have to learn to practice love. And again, that's that's a skill. That's something we all have to work together to do, and that takes great patience. But it may be that your personality rubs somebody the, the, the wrong way. And, uh, you know, if you may have to, like, calm your personality down, even though you have the right to be yourself. There might be aspects of it you may have to calm down just so it's not a distraction to somebody else uh, because you're putting your brother first. So, uh, and, and vice versa. I mean, you know, I had a brother come to me one time 
And he said, you know, he said, you need to talk to brother so-and-so. And I, I'm like, why? And he said, well, he, he goes, you wouldn't see you sit up front. He said, but uh, he led the opening prayer sitting down. I'm like, okay, you know, he's let it sitting down. He said, well, that's disrespectful. And, and of course, you know, my reply was, do you have a scripture that shows that? And, uh, you know, he didn't, and, but it, it just bothered him. And, uh, you know, that's something I tried to emphasize to him is that, uh, look, you know, that you may think it's disrespectful and it may bother you, but the first thing you need to do is like what Josh was saying, you know, you need to find out if that is uh, a violation of, of, of scripture. And if it is, go talk to him. But if it's not, which it's not, then you got to decide where you're going to handle it next. Because, uh, you know, more than likely it just kind of rubs you the wrong way. And as Josh was saying, you know, you just, you just need to, uh, put it to rest. So, I mean, it, it goes both ways, practicing love and patience, you know, as part of love with your brethren, it, it goes both ways. And uh, people have to uh, practice it to get, and, and that doesn't mean they're going to be perfect with it at first. So, you know, when you enter a church, you got to expect you're going to be offended from time to time by people. But, uh, you know, everybody's working, hopefully together to get better. And um, that's, that's the goal. Yeah. No, and, and, you know, I, there, there was an occasion when I was preaching at a, a, a congregation and, uh, I, you know, cause I've gone through stages of vision loss and I got to a point where I was having difficulty while I was learning Braille and learning, you know, and, and, and really working on my memorization. Uh, I, I had some brethren read scripture during my sermon. And there was a, a man, a gentleman came up to me and he, he was real uncomfortable with the idea of while I was preaching, asking someone out in the, uh, you know, in the quote unquote audience to, uh, to read a, a passage during my lesson. And, and we, we talked about it and I asked him, first of all, you know, was it, was it sinful or was it just different? Something he wasn't used to, which he considered but then he thought, you know, well, he was extremely nervous. You know, he he didn't know if I was going to call on him or not, which I explained to him. I talked to these men before we ever started. I didn't just randomly call on someone, you know, unknowingly. You know, these these men were, you know, chosen. I talked to them beforehand, and they knew they were going to read those passages, and he didn't know. Um, and so after explaining a few things, everything was fine. You know, but it, it, you know, sometimes asking questions may be a better way of approaching certain types of criticism, um, you know, and letting someone know is like, hey, you know, if you're going to be calling on folks, um, you know, I'm, you know, that would really bother me. I'm scared to death. Or, you know, what if I couldn't, I get nervous, couldn't turn to a page and, and then find out, oh, well, that's not the situation at all. You know, sometimes with criticisms, we can, we can approach them in ways of asking questions, but the the biggest thing is how do we receive that? And you know, um, maybe one of the first things we need to do is ask ourselves what's the purpose or the intention of the brother bringing the criticism, or the sister for that matter. Uh, Josh, I mean that that might be something you could really elaborate on because you know. Um, I, I think Richard brought up first Corinthians 13, but so many other passages, you know, when someone is bringing a criticism to us, you know, what should be one of the first mindsets that we, you know, we have in receiving that. One of our, our first mindsets should be that, you know, they have enough care for me that they brought a concern to me. You know, a friend of mine sent me a quote yesterday. Yeah, it was yesterday. And the quote says, I do not want you to accept me as I am. I want you to love me enough to push me and challenge me to be who God wants me to be. Can I count on you? And I think that's at the heart of what it is that we are dealing with here. And so uh, on both sides of this, I think we need to step into the other person's shoes 
um, if we're giving the criticism, step into their shoes and, and think about how they will feel in, in receiving it. Um, maybe the circumstances surrounding what it is that they were doing or that you know surrounded what they, they were doing or what they did. You know, for example, several years ago, uh, my dad and brother and I were in the grocery store and uh, there was this kind of little section that had some other items that they were selling and they had a register there. And the woman who is in that section, kind of manning that section, she had just smashed her, her finger in the register. And dad had asked, like asked about something and she snapped at him. You know, we just kind of didn't think anything of it. You know, we just, and, uh, as she was checking us out, she said, you know, sorry for snapping at you. I just kind of smashed my finger. Uh, you know, the, uh, some people might've been really angry with her at, at how she responded. But the reason she did is because she had just smashed and I watched her smash her finger in, in the, the register, you know? So, you know, I, I saw the whole thing. So, you know, do we have, are, are we willing to give that perspective, you know, to step into their shoes and to consider, well, how would I react if I were in that situation? You know, what would I do? What would I do differently? Uh, and so I think that's an important way to, uh, to step into their shoes. And then if you're the one giving the criticism, also ask if I were in their shoes, how would I want to, uh, how would I want them to give this criticism? And that's part of the, the golden rule. Do to others as you would have them do to you. If the roles were reversed, how would I want them to approach me? Yeah. And, and go about doing that. And, and don't be unreasonable. I would want them to just, you know, smack me across the face and say, you, you sinner, you need to change. No, you wouldn't want that. So let's be reasonable. <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> think about how they would want to be approached. And also, I think underlying all of this, we need to remember that we're brethren. We're brothers and sisters in Christ, and our unity and our peace and our love for one another is the most important thing. And maintaining and achieving that is the most important thing. And so those thoughts need to prevail as I go and, and offer this criticism uh, to the person. But I think also on the other side of that, if I'm receiving it, I need to remember that as we started with, you know, they care enough about me to bring an issue to me and give them the benefit of the doubt. You know, I'm, and I think this is important too. Uh, one thing I want to hammer on here, even if somebody doesn't come to you in the right way, it doesn't negate what it is that they tell you. If I'm guilty of sin and Richard comes to me and he's a complete jerk in the way that he comes to me about it, it doesn't negate the fact that it's sin and it needs to change. And so the fact that somebody comes to you or approaches you in the wrong way doesn't then bolster you to be able to continue in your sin because they didn't approach me the right way. No, you still need to consider what it is that they've said. And you still need to reflect upon whether or not you need to, there's actually a change that needs to take place in your heart. And I think sometimes we just get so upset because he was a, he was rude to me or he was a jerk or he did, he said things I didn't like, or he should have approached it differently. Well, who cares? What is it that he said or what is the issue that you need to work on and go about working on that and let them take care of the rest. And if it's that big of a deal, Talk to them about how they approached you, uh, but do so with it. I appreciate the fact that you cared enough to come to me, but I didn't appreciate the way that it was handled. And, you know, I think there's a, a lot of things that sometimes we let get in the way that really shouldn't get in the way. Yeah. And I, you know, with that, sometimes I would say, you know, first of all, if they were right, even if you didn't agree with how they came to you, you know, I think first of all, you should thank them and let them know that you're, you're making the necessary changes and maybe just let that go. You know, maybe, you, you know, sometimes we just have to let that go because sometimes if we then try to tell them about how they approached you, you know, one of the, one of the issues, it, it, it almost looks as though, 
all right, you found fault with me. Now I'm going to find fault with you. And, and sometimes it, it's not necessary. Sometimes, you know, it, it was, it's never a comfortable situation. No one likes to be corrected and we shouldn't like correcting others. Now I, I, I was careful weird. with how I said that because there's a lot of folks that love to correct others. And that's unfortunate. And if you're one of them, you need to really think about that and re-examine yourself and realize that, you know, being willing to do it is different than loving to do it, right? Being willing to do it, yes, we need to, but that's not something that we should enjoy, just as we don't enjoy receiving correction, but we should understand that, um, you know, that how we respond to that can affect their soul just as much as it affects ours. And not just with brethren. Sometimes we as Christians are uh, criticized by those of the world. And how we receive that criticism can really be a determining factor in their response to the gospel. Right or wrong, it can have an effect. And sometimes if we're representing God, which we are to be, then how we respond to that criticism is a direct reflection of our profession of, of followers of Christ. And so they look at our response and handling of that criticism as what we, you know, are, uh, you know, conveying God's response and Christ's response and is it going to be in such a way that helps bring them to Christ? And are we responding in view of their eternal soul? Or are we responding with a hurt feeling or, you know, in, in some way or manner that is not helpful to the cause of Christ? That needs to be at the center of our mind, I think, at all times. Mm-hmm. Richard? You know, many times I think it's difficult to uh, go to someone when uh, we think there's sin involved. Or, you know, if we're trying to criticize sin. And I, a lot of times things happen through gossip. In other words, one brother will come to another brother and say, look, this is how so-and-so feels because they came and told me about it. And, you know, right away, that's happened to me here in the last, I don't know, year or so. And I'm like, you know, my first thoughts were, how do you even know about this? And, you know, of course, he said, well, they, they, she told me. And, and I'm like, well, then she needs to come talk to me. And, um, I think how we handle when we're giving criticism, whether it's, it's part of our duty and as a rebuke of sin or, or, uh, uh, you know, that, that, that's, that's really telling uh, how that's going to convey to the here, you know, are we following the scriptures or are we doing it by taking part in gossip? Uh, in Matthew chapter 18, a brother who wronged somebody, uh, you know, they they go talk to each other. That, that that's something that takes place alone. And I can see where a brother would. I see that you know coming up, and where I'd be saying like, you know, Chris, uh, what what happened here? I I, I kind of got mixed feelings about this. I did this happen, you know, and and, and then discussing whether or not that was a violation of scripture. Uh, but that's done alone. And that's between the two people. And, and you know, if, if we have the right attitude when we go to them and we're being careful, you know, because we don't want to be tempted, as the Bible says. And so if we're going to them out of love and we're being careful about that, then uh, they're going to see, the person listening is going to say, well, look, they're serious about this because they're following the scriptures. I mean, they're doing exactly what's supposed to be done. And so this isn't somebody just coming to me with a, you know, some kind of willy nilly gripe. 
this is this is a serious person and they have something serious to talk about with me and i think that's important that we make sure when we talk to somebody we follow the scriptures but then as far as you know uh we have the example of Quill and Priscilla. They had criticism, constructive criticism, for one who obviously was doing something in ignorance. Uh, Apollos didn't understand. It's, it's Acts 18, I think, isn't it? Uh, Apollos didn't yeah. understand uh, about the baptism of Jesus. And so they they pulled him aside privately and expounded to him, you know, Quill and Priscilla expounded to him uh, in a more thorough way about the scriptures. Uh, but that was done privately. And, and of course, you know, and we can see from Apollos's life, I mean, it, it paid big dividends. I mean, he, he, did, he did quite a bit. But uh, those are the kind of things I think is important is, is that we're thinking about the brother and we're following the scriptures when we're going to them. And, and, and I think that's, that's really important. Yeah. I got a, we got a comment here. Is it wrong to go to, let me post this. Is it wrong to go to another brother rather than, rather than go to the one you're criticizing? It contradicts Matthew 18, but brethren still won't do it. I mean, that gets to what you were talking about when, you know, it, it can become gossip in a hurry. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and, you know, um, you know, and, and this is where not to justify, you know, any type of wrongdoing or anything, you know, but, um, you know, but sometimes you're going to have those confidence, right? Like a husband and a wife who can talk to talk to each other about, a, a a situation that just you know it just you get irritated by you get irritated by little quirkiness of one person or another and and you mention that you you know you kind of get it out but it's not anything that needs to be said to the person because it it isn't sin right it's just something you just need to let go and 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 talking to that you know to a spouse about it I think is going to happen. You know, and I guess the question is, is that right or wrong? Um, and, I, you know, I, I can see both sides of that where it would you could say, well, that's wrong. Now you're just, you know, gossiping. It just happens to be with your spouse as opposed to going to someone else, um, you know. But but at the same time, you know, um, it, it's one of those things where, you know, maybe somebody who's a little bit more level headed and and to the side of the situation that's not affected by whatever the criticism you have can say like, what, what's, you know, no, that it doesn't bother anyone else. There's, you know, this is not something that needs to be, you know, even, even brought up, just, just let it go and, and really just kind of talk you down um, in the, in the, in the moment, in the situation, you know, is one way that I look at that. But I can definitely see where it it could be a bad situation if you're just going around and just telling everyone, criticizing a person to everyone else um, and not going to them and talking to them if it bothers you that bad. Um, so I, I don't know if that, you know, well, maybe I'm going to get lambasted for that answer. But Well, here and he, he expounded on this. He goes, I overheard a complaint once by a member to someone about another, and she said, have you talked to the elders? Elders of any count would say, have you talked to the one you have a problem with? And there are a lot of people, uh, I've seen this too, that when they have any kind of issue with uh, someone, the first thing they do is they go tell the elders. And, and many times, unfortunately, for the elders' sake, they'll, they'll say, I'll deal with it. Um, and, you know, a lot of times the elders need to answer exactly uh, what was just said. Have you talked to the one you have a problem with? You know, that's that's part of growing in love. Mm -hmm. and, and so, you know, it's an, it's an, it's an opportunity. <laughs> it's an opportunity to exercise love. And, um, we're, you know, we're not taking part in it that way. So 
uh, I, you know, when we have criticism and we feel like it needs to be expressed, it's, it's best to go and talk to that person alone and, uh, uh, expose that. Uh, but if you do it scripturally, as I said before, if you do it scripturally, then they're going to take your criticism serious because you're being serious in how you're giving it. Yeah. Especially if you couple your criticism with what Josh started off the show by saying, is it, uh, is it scriptural criticism or is it just a quirk that I don't like, you know, if it's just a, a personal thing, yeah. then, uh, you know, let it go. Sometimes, and, and maybe Josh, you can elaborate on this a little bit as well, but we criticism, I think we need to understand we're, we're talking about a, a, a negative connotation, right? I mean, it, it, it generally is something that, um, is in a negative sense. Um, whereas encouragement, like, you know, there are different teaching styles, the way that I teach, as opposed to a couple of brothers here where I'm at in, in Missouri, their teaching styles are completely different. Nothing bad, nothing, nothing wrong with just the way we approach certain topics or the way we uh, go through a, a study is going to be different. And, and that's, and I don't mean that as a criticism. It's just, you know, it, it's, it's been sometimes the way I approach something is beneficial to certain people, but the way they approach it is beneficial to other, you know, people because of how their mind may work. And and I know Richard is very much aware of. Um, yeah, you're you're setting me up. <laughs> no, I'm I, no. I mean, but you know, just sometimes, sometimes the way we approach things can be different, um, and some people receive it better than others. Uh, because of you know our style of things, whether it's preaching, whether it's Bible teaching, um, and so sometimes it's not always as much a criticism, you know, as much as pointing out some differences. Um, but if if it's something that we think needs to be changed, that's usually what criticism is about, right? Something needs to change, and that's why a criticism is brought up. That's why it is expressed. Uh, and that's where we need to think about, you know, is this an absolute necessity that this change? Um, and and I think a lot of times we would be better served to understand no and that we can we can probably keep it to ourselves. Not trying to set you up, Richard. So <laughs> go ahead, Josh. You know, I, I think another thing that we can keep in mind, um, if we feel that there is a need for criticism and, and there's a place for constructive criticism. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I, you know, there's a fella who has come to me multiple times and says, you know, you're kind of too fast when you're preaching here. So could you slow it down a little bit? You know, he's trying to, you know, just be constructive and saying, Hey, this would help me out a little bit. Um, and he's not being overly critical in asking that. He's just saying it's it can be hard to follow sometimes. So, you know, I'm like, okay, I'm I'm trying. <laughs> um, but I also think that you have a biblical pattern of how we can approach things like that. If you read some of the letters of Paul, uh, typically what Paul does is begin with a greeting and start speaking about some of the good things. I mean, you see this in the letters to the seven churches in Asia as well. Again, in the letter to Ephesus, you know, it starts off, you know, I know all these good things that you're doing. You know, you you do this, you do that. I'm going to, I'm trying to jump over there real quick. Um, I know your deeds, your toil and perseverance. You cannot bear with those who are evil, put to test those who call themselves apostles and they are not, and you found them to be false. And you have perseverance and have endured for my name's sake. And you have also not grown weary. You know, good job in that. You know, I, I appreciate all these good things that you're doing, but I have this against you. You have left your first love. And, and so that can help, I think, sometimes show that we are sincere and we are caring in, in the fact that we are bringing a criticism to them instead of just being overly critical. We say, you know, I appreciate this and, and I, I love the way that you've done this. And, and I think you're such a, a great 
uh, encourager or, or whatever it is in this regard. Uh, but there is something I did want to talk to you about, and it's this. And I think that can help show that you know, we're not just trying to tear them down. Ultimately, our goal is to build up. And sometimes we do need to tear down before we can build up. But we need to show that we have a, a care for them and we do appreciate them. And our goal is to help. Yeah. And, and so I think sometimes that can help us to, you know, come across in a, a better way uh, that they'll be more likely to receive. And, and, and Richard, I want to throw this to you as well. Uh, because with kind of with what Josh was, was saying there, the, you know, last week, Josh and I talked about prayer and we talked about it, persistence in prayer, right. And, and constantly going to God and, and making our petitions made known with criticism. There's a little bit of a contrast here because it, with criticism, it, when we do make it known, that that needs to be the end of it, right? I mean, there there needs to be a point where we don't. It's just not constant. We're just not, you know. Some people seem overly critical, or they're that's all they do. The only thing they ever give or offer is criticism, you know. And and that can that can be bad in two ways. First of all, um, you can be, build a reputation on this. And then when you do go to someone with something that's extremely legit, they're not going to listen to you because they've already got it in their mind. You know, well, whatever he says is just going to be negative, and so they don't want to hear it. Uh, whereas when there's encouragement, when there's uh, other things that are talked about, other you know, there's the relationship is built. Built when something then is offered as criticism. You're, you are, and, and I think you talked about this at the very beginning, you are more than likely to listen to that criticism. But once it's offered, that you know, it, it's been offered. You know, whether it's received or not is up to the person you offered it to. You don't have to keep bringing it up. No. Um, I guess it depends on what you're being critical about. If, it, if it's sin. Right. Then it continues. I mean, if, yeah, if yeah, things I, can't get resolved, yeah. then things have to continue. I mean, sin, sin is its own little cat. I mean, we've talked about how to handle sin and brethren and brothers yeah. and sisters in sin. But I, I think with criticism, for the most part, we're, we're generally not talking about sinful situations. We're, we're generally. All right, so we're, we're talking about criticizing the preacher. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you uh, preach too loud. Whether you have an outline or not. Too long. Yeah. Bullet points. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, you and, and the way you can say it. I mean, let's just say, for example, the preacher decided to preach a, a different type of lesson one Sunday, and he just used a different style. And you, you like the old style. Let's say that you prefer to have bullet points instead of the style he chose. Oh. You know, you can, you can let that be known. Just say, you know, I prefer bullet points. You don't have to tell people that that was the worst sermon you ever heard, but, uh, you can just, you know, say, look, you know, I, I prefer bullet points and drop it like Chris mentioned. Um, but, uh, needless to say, yeah, you can, you can put in whatever type of criticism, you, you know, that's just, you know, I, I do want to say this. If you're overly, if you practice being critical, that can become habitual. And that really does, you can get a name for that. Yeah. And that hurts the, your criticism because people just expect you to be critical about everything. And that's, that's never a good thing. Um, look for the best in people. Look, look for the, you know, how it's going to benefit others. Um, you know, the, the reason I was bringing up a sermon outline is because I did preach a lesson that I chose to deliver it a different way. Almost every lesson I ever give is with bullet points, but uh, this one I chose to give a different way. And, and uh, there were some who received it. Uh, they didn't like it. They liked the bullet points, but yet there was others that thought it was the best lesson they ever heard. And so, you know, it goes along with what Chris is saying. I mean, um, to each his own. I mean, some things, some people like, you know, some people like black cars. Some people like white cars. Some people like blue cars. Uh, as long 
as what is taking place is scriptural, then uh, accept, accept the fact that we're all different and accept the fact that we all have different tastes and, and learn to appreciate that instead of being critical. Not everybody's like you and uh, don't try to make them that way. So, and I'm going to give it to Josh for some last thoughts before we do that. Richard, if you don't mind going to 1 Corinthians 13, I want you to read that once Josh is done with his last thoughts in verses uh, 4 through 8 of 1 Corinthians 13 in closing, if you don't mind. But Josh, well, any last you didn't, thoughts? You didn't, you didn't tell me to do that beforehand. I know. I'm joking. I know. I know. It's all first, good. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8. Yeah. But Josh, go ahead with your last thoughts. Well, I think this is a an important thing to to keep in mind, you know, because a lot of a lot of the problems and the disunity that that is is experienced by congregations stems from this very thing. Um, and so, you know, on either side of it, we need to check our heart whether we're the one giving the criticism or receiving it. Uh, we need to check our own heart to make sure that we're right. And I can't control what they do, but I can control what I do. And so I need to to be to make sure that I'm keeping my heart where it needs to be, and that'll contribute to the overall peace and unity of the group. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. All right, Richard. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It's not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, holds all things, endures all things. Love never ends. And love, as for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. And as for knowledge, it will pass away. Yeah. And I, I and I think that right there that that really is a true representation of how we should not only offer but receive criticism with the with eternity in mind that the the spirit the souls of of folks are at stake and our own and it it needs to always be um, you know with with that heart with that attitude and received in the manner in which uh, you know. Uh, assuming that they came to us with the best of intentions, whether they did or not, that's how we should receive it. And I think we'll all be better for it. So anything else, Richard, before we go? Nope. Folks, we appreciate everybody tuning in to Berean Spirits every Thursday morning here at 10 o'clock Central Standard Time. Be sure and email us, bereanspirits at gmail.com. If you have any questions, thoughts, topics you want to talk about, anything like that, we'd love to hear from you. Until next time, remember to search the scriptures with Berean Spirits. Well, folks, that's all for today. Don't worry. Lord willing, the guys will be back next week for another Bible study on Berean Spirits. Until then, let the guys hear from you. Drop them some email at reinspirits at gmail.com. They'd love to hear from you. Until next time, keep studying that Bible. <laughs> <laughs>